Actual play. I'm Kirby, your host and game moderator, and this is a Corbin chapter. Where we last left off, you had just came across uh, a couple of things. Uh, what was once a normal routine walk through the woods for you, uh, looking for a new place to camp out, has turned into a slew of dramatic things. We, we started off with you finding a semi-truck parked in the middle of the road and a couple of seemingly kids, teenagers really, trying to fix that. They're worried about some sort of murder hobo uh, in the woods that may or may not have been you. Uh, in any case, they were swarmed with these essentially flying monkey bats and uh, when these flying monkey bats uh, chased you off uh, further into the woods where you then fell in uh, through uh, some sort of hole in the ground and slid through a sort of tunnel and into a underground cave and that's where you came across Carl a broken down biroid with a missing arm that you powered back on and work together with to get out of the danger zone as the other was creeping along the forest, changing it and bending it to his will. You later came across a Guardians of Eden outpost, wherein you found a woman uh, who very readily took you down, and also very readily took down a horned baboon that had broken into the outpost and that's when you ran into a doctor a very familiar face who apparently worked at goodson foundation and uh, you, you two hadn't worked together in the same departments but you were seemingly familiar kind of sort of with each other's work and that's where you learned that the renewed the aspiration rather rather uh had been destroyed and uh on top of that, you found that that said doctor was apparently uh, indirectly involved uh, in some sort of grand conspiracy by a small group of people who have some sort of agenda, agenda that the doctor is trying to correct. The doctor kind of just lets you go, uh, despite the fact that the woman that was with him uh, apparently wanted to potentially cut loose ends with you. But nevertheless, you took your environmental suit, which is the whole reason why you went to that Guardians of Eden outpost, and you are now traveling with Carl, who revealed that mm -hmm. uh, apparently there is some sort of colony of freed biroids that uh, he would like to return to. Carl's completely unsure whether or not you're going to be accepted there, but he thinks he could put in a good word for you. In any case, uh, you have been traveling for a couple of days now through woods and ascending a mountain. Uh, and essentially, <laughs> Carl's, Carl hasn't said much about the colony itself, yep. uh, but seems to imply that you'll have to reach the northern shores and travel across some water to get there. And so right now you are currently traveling uh, through some mountains and... Uh, and are probably a day away from shore. It is near nightfall. Uh, Corbin, what kind of hardship have you had to endure uh, 
because of the fact that you're not a Bioroid uh, over the last couple of days through this hike. Mm. <laughs> I'm I'm going to say that uh, it's largely physical. Carl doesn't need sleep, rest, food, water, anything like that. But he has accepted me into following him, so... He's probably, I would imagine that the hardest thing is keeping up with the pace that Carl wants to keep. Mostly physical. He clearly needs to get to where he's going as soon as possible. Corbin would think that that may be a result of what he heard in the bunker. Not a lot of talking, just a lot of trying to keep moving and keep with Carl's pace, which is hard for a human being. Yeah, I think we're going to open this session with a roll of the dice. Uh, so I'm going to okay. go ahead and roll the danger zone, which will be starting at 2d6 this session. And you should be building a dice pool kind of reflecting the hardship of moving. You're probably looking at the move skill uh, for that or maybe survive. Uh, in any case, I, I can see either working. Uh, but yeah. They're both d8s. So I was thinking I was going to use a survive Mostly because I don't really know where we're going. I picked my uh, physical skill, which is also a D8. And the other thing I was going to do to sort of represent the physical hardship is I have my Fringe World Survivalist. I'm going to step it down to a four to sort of represent all the hardship that I've been dealing with and try to take a plot point while I can. I got a 14. Well, with a 14, has definitely a heroic success. I had set the stakes at a 5, rolling an opportunity and doing so. So that means you're going to get a d6 hero die. And on top of that, I think what we have here is, despite your endurance over the last couple of days, I think we have this kind of montage where we're seeing different shots of view and Carl moving through the woods, sometimes on paths, sometimes off the uh, broken course, right? And we have a, a first shot where you are walking side by side together. Uh, we have a later shot where you are a couple of feet behind. We have a third shot where you are now maybe a dozen feet behind uh, Carl. And now we finally end with nightfall on these uh, third day along your hike. You are a day away from where Carl apparently wants you to be. And you have built a fire up. Carl is just kind of sitting on a fallen over log, looking up at the stars. And it's just the two of you in this quiet woodland. I guess you uh, really, really don't want humans to find your uh, circle there, hey, Carl? This is a pretty tough trek for the likes of me, but I get it. And Carl finally turns their attention away from these guys, and he says... Well, there is a sense of urgency. I haven't said anything, but uh, mostly because I didn't want to alarm you, but my some of my core processors are failing and uh, my memory banks are already corrupted. I suppose this is what anxiety feels like for uh, someone such as yourself. I want to feel whole again and i can only do that when i return back to the circle is there anything i can do to 
you want me to take a look, see if I can shore up any of the processors to alleviate some of that uh, stress you say you're feeling? I think Carl places a hand over his own chest, and this is going to be the larger hand, uh, as we recall, Carl got an upgraded arm yeah. uh, replacement and says, I would rather not have anyone poking around inside of me. I hope you understand. I certainly I wouldn't want to poke around you unless I felt like there was some sort of need for critical surgery. It's not that bad. Not yet. So are we far out from where we need to be? I estimate another 7 hours, 42 minutes, and 13 seconds uh, until we reach the shore. From there, um, we won't have long left. The circle is, um, is several miles off the shore and is underwater. Underwater. We are going to have to procure a submersible, uh, which I hope is still where I last left mine. You're going to like the circle, Corbin. It's made for people such as you, I believe. Uh, people looking to cut loose the ties of society. Although, I don't think you've ever told me why you live this way. I know there are people in the fringes, but in my time at least... They always, they always lived in small communities, and yet you are alone. Well, I suppose we don't have uh, anything else to do but to swap stories, so I guess I owe you a little bit of mine. You might have heard me mention to the doctor uh, when we were with him and Maddie or Black Leopard or whatever she wants to be called, the... Goodson Foundation, I came to realize, was not the greatest entity in the this world. And my work on bioroids, probably similar but not like yourself, uh, made me realize that what we were doing was not correct. And there was more to this planet itself than met the eye, so... I knew they wouldn't just let me go, so I left. I didn't want to be a part of it anymore, and as you could see from what the doctor was saying, I don't think that humanity has its own best interests at heart on this place, on this planet. So alone is the better way for me. I see. Do you not have family or friends that you miss? <sighs> not here. Uh, as I told the doctor, and as he remembers, I worked mostly alone. Um, uh, you, uh, he uh, brought up the fact that I'm probably one of the younger uh, folks that first came to this this world, so really isn't anybody left for me to talk to, I guess, except for you now, um, which after so many years, I'm pretty grateful for if I'm telling the truth. I think Carl doesn't really say anything I, I think there's a moment where he is clearly processing the information uh, but then his gaze once more swivels toward the skies and uh, we have a full clear view of the stars this is a time uh, where uh, janus which is a moon to a gas giant uh, is currently facing away from the 
uh, gas giant uh, that orbits, uh, which is pretty is pretty rare. Uh, you you're opposite of the uh, sun uh, on the other side of this gas giant, and have this full unimpeded uh, look at the stars, which is which would be completely foreign to anyone back on Earth looking up toward the skies, right? And so uh, I, I think there's a beat here where Carl is just looking up and says, You should get some sleep. I will stand watch as always. I wish to think about some things, if you do not mind. Not at all. Um, maybe tomorrow you can tell me a little bit about the circle so I don't make a fool of myself on the first day. He shrugs and says, Well, you are... Already a non-clone and a non-biroid, you're already going to be quite the jester, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, I'll see you tomorrow, Carl. See you tomorrow. And I read. Uh, so what does Corbin Jones's setup look like? Is it uh, just a tent? Are you just strung out on some sort of sleeping bag? Yeah, I think uh, given the way that... Uh... We've described us sort of traveling quickly. Um, it's not like we're putting up a tent unless there's bad weather. So I feel like there's just the area with the fire and a bedroll laid out. Um, and just sleeping in the open. I think it's a few hours later. Uh, still the middle of the night. Uh, a little bit past midnight. We have a shot where we see you uh, sleeping on your side. And then we don't see uh, anything more than the ankle up uh, but we see Carl tiptoeing past you through uh, into frame and then out of frame and then uh, your eyes flutter open as you notice you see Carl essentially walking in uh, past the tree line here at this little clearing uh, and into the woods now I guess what I would do is try to follow him sneakily but i don't want like i want to make sure nothing happens to him but i don't want to like be totally in his business if uh if there's nothing really going on okay i think we are going to go ahead and have a role for this and we will maybe talk about the why specifically uh, depending on what you manage to hack out so uh, go ahead and build a dice pool as we see corbin pick themselves up uh, and slowly follow after carl uh, in which case i have set the stakes to a six so i'm rolling my physical and and my sneak so that's two d8s for me I got a 7 and a 4. Okay, uh, that is an 11. You're raising the stakes again uh, for heroic success, so you're going to get another d6 hero die. You fall after Carl, hanging back uh, several paces. Carl does not seem to notice, uh, and uh, Carl probably walks a good 20 minutes uh, in one direction, as straight as a direction as he can take in the in this woodland, and that's when uh, the trees finally give way to a what, what appears to just be a, a small kind of village. Uh, that there looks to be like a main street uh, where there are a dozen buildings. 
on either side of this main street. And yeah, in the surrounding hilllands, you can already see that there are a couple like other uh, structures that have been built. This place looks like it hasn't been lived in for a while. Much of the structures here have begun to break down, uh, some of it overtaken, uh, not necessarily in, in the bad way, uh, by nature, uh, the same bad conditions mm -hmm. that caused you to look for environmental suit, so just generally nature taking its course. And uh, I think Carl is just slowly moving through the streets, head on a swivel, looking left, looking right at these various buildings, until finally he reaches the middle uh, where he pauses in front of what could probably con be considered like a sort of uh, town hall or some sort of community center of this little community. And now the fringes, especially early on, has always had uh, a dozen or so nameless uh, villages such as these, as there are a lot of people who just didn't want to leave or, like yourself, didn't like what was going on with uh, society. And so there, there's actually a fair amount of people who just live out on the fringes. Uh, and this does not count the Guardians of Eden, but it's probably like literally uh, a few thousand people. Uh, so not too many people kind of pursue this lifestyle is what I'm saying um, on the whole. Now, Carl pauses, uh, eyes checking out this three-story structure, and then uh, Carl approaches the doors and uh, basically forced their way in. For now, I, I want to keep following him at least until I know. Because he had, he had already told me that his his um, processors were degrading or some of his core functions were not correct. So I'm in Corbin's mind, he's thinking that, well, what if this is a flaw in his programming and he doesn't know he's doing this? So I just want to make sure he's okay. all right. Sure. I'm sorry. So we're, used, we're trying to look for a like knowledge role to try to figure out if this is a flaw or are you just telling me your motivation? No, no, I'm I'm saying, you know, for the for the listener, I guess the the motivation as to what I think Corbin would be thinking about this and why he's following. Uh, but you're still following him in. Yes. Yeah. You uh, fall in uh, just a moment later, perhaps pausing at the door uh, to listen in on Carl's uh, footsteps until it's further down the hall. Uh, when you fall in after him, uh, you find yourself in this sort of small like reception area there's, there's like a desk where a uh, secretary and security would have been uh, standing by there is a couple offices to the left to the right you don't see uh, Corbin but uh, it would seem that uh, judging from how none of the doors immediately here are open he either went down the hallway uh, the main hallway here, or uh, took the stairs that are immediately to the right to head to an upper level. Can I, can I make a roll to see if I notice, uh, or if there's anything I could notice, um, to give me a hint of which direction is the correct one? Yeah, we can go ahead and roll for that. Wow, uh, both ones on my part. So uh, that's a stakes of zero. 
Okay, so I'm just rolling my mental and my notice, so I'll just do that and see what happens. I got a five and a three. Eight. Uh, so go ahead and take another d6 to your hero pool. Yeah, it would seem like uh, Carl has taken the upstairs. You can see some of the disturbed dust, and uh, you do recall like hearing the moving of some like plant life and and so uh you begin to move upstairs and when you finally reach to the next level uh you do see that carl is now entering what was appears to be some sort of office uh space here okay so i want to go close enough to see if uh, i can hear anything but i don't want to go in like i i want there to be no chance that he would see me because Ultimately, mm. if nothing is wrong, I want to get back to the camp before he notices I followed him. Okay. Uh, so you side up uh, close to the door, as close as you dare, uh, to listen in. It sounds like Carl is moving some things and just generally walking about the room. And it's also here and now that you notice the name uh, that's by the door for this private office, uh, which is... Carl Ramsey. Hmm. After a couple minutes, the rummaging stops, but judging from your listening, you think Carl is maybe on the other side of the room and hasn't make it, made any movements to leave. So that I that I don't risk uh, Carl's sort of trust, because it just sounds like he's looking for stuff. And given that I see the name Carl Ramsey on the office door... I'm I'm going to suggest that this is where, or I'm going to figure that this is where he got his name. And so I'm just going to head back to the camp as quietly as I can. We have a shot of you pulling away from the door. Uh, we have another shot where you're back outside walking through the uh, front here. And that's when you can feel like a minor tremor in the uh, ground. What do you do? Um... Am I outside? At this point, you are outside. You are right outside the front doors of this uh, community center. Hmm. Well, I guess what I would do is I you said it was a tremor, right? So I'm going to head at least right inside the door frame of this building. See what happens next. Uh, what happens next is that the tremor uh, begins to pick up more and more. And then finally, you can see amid the uh, starlight here, giant silhouettes probably i would say half the size bigger of your average uh, car basically running down the uh, main street here there there are half a dozen of these creatures and you get a better look at them as uh, they uh, stop about a third of the way up the street um, sniffing around these are essentially rhinos with a sort of like beetle carapace on top and right now they seem to just be moving along the streets slowing down their like little stampede here to sniff around uh in the area what do you do can i use my fringe world um survivalist and see if i have any knowledge like with a no role for if i have any more information like have i seen these before that's what I want to figure out. Okay. Yeah, go ahead and roll for it. Mental. That's a fringe world. 
And then... And uh, I finally set the stakes to something <laughs> actually okay. challenging, which is uh, 11 total. I got a total of 18. You rolled an 18? Okay. Uh, no did ones. you roll any ones in that? I got an 8, 4, and a 6. Uh, so 8, 4, 6. Uh, so you, uh, you roll no, a 14 18. is what you said, right? Oh, yeah. You're only keeping two dice. It would be a 14, yeah. Fantastic. I think what you can recall uh, from the creatures, uh, you certainly know of them. Uh, You know that uh, they are generally here in this mountainous area. And uh, you know a couple of uh, details here. One, uh, their carapace is very hard. Uh, they can be surprisingly fast uh, once they like get up in momentum. Uh, so they need like a um, they need like a good 30, 40 yards to like actually get up to that speed. But once they get there, they are very fast uh, in a very pointed direction. They have very powerful mandibles and uh, they are extremely uh, territorial. In fact, you can witness one of them uh, trying to mark one of the buildings with their uh, giant uh, mandibles uh, scratching up against a corner of this crumbling building um, to essentially mark this as their territory. Uh, They are not largely... they, They typically don't stray too far from their territory. It's not like they want a huge territory. So they're marking this up and you're you're not presently seeing any markings. It would imply that these uh that these rhino beetles were essentially forced out from whatever territory they previously were in. So I'm still in the doorway of the town hall where where Carl is. Um are there other buildings around me? Can I like maybe not leave through the front door so that they see me, but rather go out a different door or a window um, to try to get back to the to the woods where we were camped. Yeah, you you want to essentially try to uh, move by like rooftop yeah, that here would, that would or uh, that through other buildings. Okay. Uh, yeah, I I think you do see like a nearby. Uh, fire escape they can use most of the buildings here are not as tall as this community center most are just a single mm-hmm. story or two stories tall uh, but you do see a fire escape to a adjacent building uh, that is a couple stories tall uh, the ladder is not uh, brought down as for you to readily reach but what does corbin do uh, to try to fix the situation for himself um well i think i would use my um my signature asset which is the the telescoping staff um i assume that i could use it to try to hook down the ladder as quietly as possible okay let's uh go ahead and roll would you since this all has to do with kind of moving across the rooftops i was thinking this is a move roll or do you need me to do something else to do the the ladder that's fine Okay. I've set the stakes to a nine. So I'm going to take physical, my fringe world. Oh, no, I'm in a town. I can't do that. And I think what I'm going to do is I need to spend a plot point to use the big damn hero dice, or do I have to do that after something happens? You want to do that after you roll. So the thing about the big damn hero dice, and everyone's always like itching to use it, but the benefit of the big damn hero dice is that you see what you roll and then decide if you want to actually roll. Okay. Yeah, I see. All right. I always forget that order. 
Okay, I think all I have to do this is my my move and my physical, so I'm just going to roll that and see what happens. Uh, I got a 6 and a 7, so 13. Uh, I think what happens here is that you manage to get the fire escape uh, ladder down and you begin to climb up and onto the roof. Now, a lot of the roofs here are actually pretty close together, mostly uh, good single leaps. Um, and I think you managed to traverse a couple of buildings when you see that the rhino beetles here are now... I, I, th I think you see one specifically as you're passing by start to essentially uh, rev themselves up. Uh, they are uh, stomping their foot. Uh, they are basically kicking a back leg, and then they frankly look like they're about to charge at something or someone. Uh, it is very dark, so you can't quite see who, uh, especially from like your specific positioning on the rooftop, obscuring your view, not without like chancing being sighted yourself. What do you do? Mm. So I can't see who is being targeted. Can I see what direction the creature is facing? Like, is it possible that it is, like, are they facing the town hall that I was just in? Like, yeah. I want to make sure it's not Carl. Uh, yeah, they're, they're facing that direction. So if I'm reasonably sure that it, it might be Carl, then what I might do is try to, I assume that these buildings are not very, uh, you know, they're run down. Um, I want to pick up a loose tile or something from the roof and try to throw it at the rhino beetle that's trying to charge see if i can distract it okay well, that sounds like a trick to me uh so this is actually going to be a contest between you and the rhino beetle you're mm -hmm. essentially trying to grab its attention it's essentially uh trying to do its uh, stampede here so once you go ahead and pick up dicing you'll be setting the stakes for me okay oh boy this is probably gonna be rough <laughs> i'm rolling my physical and my um trick that's what you said right yeah four i made two fours so that's eight okay so 15 i think what happens here <laughs> yeah i think what happens here uh is that uh you, I, I, you throw like a loose brick which smashes against his carapace but it already uh gets to charging uh powers through a vehicle that has long since been abandoned toward this uh town hall the other rhino beetles are kind of just taking notes they're all watching uh but they are not presently taking parts you think this is potentially because uh, there just isn't a large enough threat or maybe their social hierarchy demands that it's like a one-on-one -on -one thing uh, mm -hmm. whatever the case is uh, although the other rhino beetles have noticed one of their own uh, charging down the street they seem content on just continue like exploring the area okay i want to uh so i still can't see what exactly is going on right i want to try to get a a better position to see a if this is carl being attacked and b how i might be able to help him without getting on the ground uh, i think at this point with, without moving much you actually see a couple of silhouettes basically making a full hand sprint 
across the street and trying to just generally get out of the way of this rhino beetle. And they seem to be making a break for it to a building across from the town hall. Okay, so there's two people then. Yeah, I feel like if they're across the street, I can't really jump across rooftops to get to them, right? Um, yeah, uh, they, they're in the middle of the street right now. Uh, it's it's up to you. This is a large creature, and it's not like you can fly or make giant leaps, no. <laughs> right. I'm going to um, continue the way that I was going um, to see if I... Because I was originally heading towards back towards the woods. Um, so I want to keep going that way while, I, while keeping my eye on the situation. You begin to move across the uh, rooftops here and uh, keeping your eye on the situation, you can see that the people managed to make it into what, what appears to be some sort of storefront. And the rhino had just narrowly missed the, uh, the couple of silhouettes that you see there and uh, crashing into a long-forgotten delivery truck of some sort. It turns its attention on the storefront, seemingly uncaring uh, that maybe it can't brush up against a building. It's going to test its might nevertheless, and so it's gearing up for another charge here. When you pause a couple rooftops down, uh, retreating back to the forest the way you came, you see a third silhouette, however, jump up onto that now overturned uh, delivery truck and essentially slug some sort of debris at it that manages to get the rhino's attention. Um, You can see the tiniest flicker of lights on this person and you think that might be Carl. Okay, so where am I in relate? So I'm on I'm closer to the woods than I am to where they are, correct? Uh, at this point, since you wanted to move closer to the woods, yeah, uh, you are. What I want to do is get to the other side of the street, but I'm not sure how many other rhino beetles are either looking my way or if they're all focused on what's going on. Can I see that from here? At this point, uh, a couple of rhino beetles have broken off to just explore the area. And so mm-hmm. there are only like two other rhino beetles that are kind of just uh, hanging out, um, taking stock of the situation. They are slowly and cautiously making their way up the streets because, frankly, they're just a little too large to have all of them like charging forward to get by their companion to solve the problem for uh, for it. What I what I want to try to do is get to the other side of the street uh, without learning any more of these beetles that's my end goal here um because i have to what i want to do is i assume there's like the way you've described it is it's a it's a main street and there are buildings on either side so i want to get to the rooftops of the far buildings not the ones that i'm on sure uh and you're trying to evade notice okay uh i think we can roll for that certainly i've set the stakes to 11 would you so would you say that this is a a more of a move roll or a sneak roll cuz I'm I'm waffling between the two. Here. I'll put it this way. I'm fine with either. However, I think failure should you fail uh would look differently. I think if you were to roll move and fail the roll, you would immediately grab the attention of the uh rhino beetles. Okay. And then I'm going to do uh 2d8s for my physical and for my sneak. 
and I'm going to roll these and see what happens. Oh, no. So I got a total of five, but one of those is a one, so that's a big problem for me. So I'm going to spend one of my two because I, I stepped down one of those dice on the first roll. So I'm going to spend a plot point and use one of my D6. See if that helps me. Okay. Uh, so kind of walk me through what your dice pool was. It was a physical plus sneak. Yeah, and those were two D8s. And those were two D8s. And you said you rolled one on one of them? And the yeah. other was a five? Yeah. Can I spend... So I got another five on the D6, but that doesn't beat your 11. Am I allowed to spend both plot points? Yeah. If, if you want that... Um... If you want to use that other hero die, you're more than welcome to. I have plenty right now. Okay, I got a four on that last hero die. So now I have no hero dice, and I've spent my plot points. Okay, so that brings you up to a 14. Okay, and I'm going to buy that uh, D8 hitch from you uh, to add to my duple. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I think what we have here is a couple, like, close calls. You make it down, uh, back down to the streets, um, and you uh, essentially... Uh, step on like a loud branch uh, which snaps and causes one of the rhino beetles to turn in your direction uh, so we actually see you just stumbling right behind a mailbox just in time and there's a long moment where we see you pressed up against this thing we see the rhino beetle in the background glaring looking about and then turning its attention back to the action of the road and then we see you bolts uh, immediately climbing up to a rooftop of a low uh, building and now that you're here what would you like to do um i want to quickly and quietly move towards uh who i think is carl based on the lights around the individual who threw the debris and because i don't want to i don't want to abandon him if i know that he's like putting himself in harm's way to save these other two people or who I assume are people. Carl, at this point, is now, like, sprinting uh, up the road opposite of you as this rhino beetle begins its charge. Uh, when you reach the building where you caught sight of those two other people, you can hear a voice, very gruff, saying, Who is that person? They're fucking nuts! And you hear another softer voice that says, uh, who, who cares? We need to get out of here. I think there's a back exit. Can I, from here, I'm, I'm on the roof of this building, right? Yeah, you are. Is there um, another f like fire escape or any way that I can get a ladder near the back door for these people to come up? I'm going to make my presence known, but I don't think I can do it from here. So you're trying to basically lower some sort of ladder for them to just climb up, right? Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, if there's nothing around like that, I suppose I could like use my staff for them to help climb up, I guess, but... I'm just trying to see if there's anything simpler, because that would depend on my strength, and I don't think I'm very strong. <laughs> yeah, I think, actually, I think there, for this building, which is a single-story affair, there is just a, like, utility ladder attached to the building for mm -hmm. uh, general use, presumably by someone, like, working on maintenance on the uh, box that's up here. So you don't need to lower anything. It's already there. It's then just a matter of just like getting their attention and trying to convince them to come up. So I go to presumably where I think, you know, the back door is. And um, I want to let them know that I'm up there and I say, hey, uh, if you don't want his uh, craziness to go to waste, get up here on this roof so you're at least marginally more safe. 
and I try to direct them towards that ladder. Uh, the two hesitate a moment, looking at each other, looking at you, and but they otherwise uh, begin making their way up the ladder. I think what mostly stops them here from uh, just running into the tree line is the fact that there's a tall fence uh, dividing the back of the bu- this building and the wildlife beyond. So they'd rather uh, go ahead and take that ladder, especially as we see a rhino beetle uh mosey itself into this back area hasn't taken notice of them yet so they climb up the ladder you see a man five foot ten uh short black hair slicked back and their skin has been dyed uh, a bright pink and he (laughs) must be wearing some sort of contacts because his uh, pupils are also pink. Uh, The young woman uh, who uh, clambers up uh, right behind him uh, is about 5'5 and she has dyed her skin what would be considered a sky blue back on Earth, uh, although these guys here are not blue uh, on Janice. So... Uh, and her hair is like dyed um, as well to a, a very bright white, uh, and she's not wearing any sort of uh, any sort of color contacts. However, she does have one of those like luminescent, uh, somewhat luminescent tattoos that uh, you can see, like this flowery design, like popping up uh, past her collar along the side of her neck. And yeah, mm. hood drawn uh, over. She asks, "Who the hell are you?" pleasantries can wait uh let's get out of here and let's go help my friend over there uh i'll explain later your friend carl has evidently taken shelter in a nearby building as this rhino beetle is now squaring itself up uh with what appears to be some sort of small office building and it looks like it's about to charge in however uh as you peer over one of the rhino beetles have just been slowly watching their comrade here uh, deal with this intruder is sniffing around and uh, just chances a look up as the man and woman are peering over the side of the building and sees them there. Immediately, they square up with the building that you're on top of, and it looks like they're going to charge. Considering that this is a small like squat building, if they manage to break through uh, the support, supporting wall, the rooftop here might crumble, causing you to fall down. How close are we? Uh, so this is a small building. Can we get to the next roof before it hits the building? Like, so can I grab them and try to push them towards the next building before this creature can move? I think this building is flanked by... On one side, a single-story building, and then on the other side, a two-story building. The two-story building is closer to you since you were trying to like take stock of what was going on with Carl. Uh, so you would have to cross the entire rooftop to get back to the other like one-story building and onto that roof. Uh, for this two-story building, you see a window that you can... Uh, launch yourself uh, through potentially however the distance between buildings uh, this time around it's a little bit of a gamble to do that but you're more than welcome well so my my point is i can't get them out of harm's way by by pushing them to safety because i mean you can uh, the three of you can attempt to rush uh, one way or the other 
Yeah, that's what I if 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 you're saying the distance isn't too great for me to try that, I want to try to help them because Carl put his life in danger to help them. Yeah, uh, yeah, so I was I was saying ways. that was doable. It's just a bit of a gamble. Okay. So it's a little farther than what would be comfortable, I think. Okay, I I misunderstood. All right, I get it now. Um so yeah, I'm going to try to do if the if the two-story more sturdy building maybe more of a gamble but if we can make it it's more safe right so i think we should try to do that we should try to go that direction if we can uh do you launch yourself first or are you going to see them through definitely going to see them through first i mean they're they're the ones that need to be in some sort of cover because they're i'm assuming these colors are not muted colors they're bright colors and yeah i think the man's like no fucking way dude you're crazy and the woman doesn't hesitate. Better than being dead. Yeah, the woman doesn't hesitate. She immediately um, takes a couple steps back and then sprints. As she, like, propels herself off this roof, uh, she kind of balls herself up. And you can hear the man saying, Jess, what are you fucking doing? And a moment later, she crashes through the uh, window onto the other side. Uh, we have a shot where she's kind of like sprawled onto the floor, hand kind of impaled into some glass, but she's picking herself up, um, scrambling across the floor there to make room for the next person willing to jump uh, as she takes stock of her, her surroundings. And I, I, I say to the guy, all right, you next. At this point, the rhino beetle has started its charge, and the man notices this and says, oh, fucking hell, and launches himself across. He doesn't quite make it. Uh, he is now hanging from the window here, peeling himself up. He, he basically hit the wall there pretty hard. What do you do? I'm thinking to myself, like, if if I can clear the window, I can help pull him into the window. But that means that I have, like, basically a very small shot to get through the window without knocking him down, right? I think that's the only thing I can do, because if I try to help him from this building, that rhino thing is going to get me. So I think I have to take a, a pretty risky move here. This would definitely be a physical. Jeez, okay. Would you say that at this point we are being pursued by this creature yeah so i am going to use my uh one of my distinctions which is on the run which gives me another d8 to this role um so i think that's all i can do uh if i use the my signature asset as like a sort of pole vault would that add anything to my role yeah would that the asset die to your role is that is that D six? I'm sorry, I forget. Uh, yeah, they start at D six. So I'm gonna add that too. My thinking here is that I can oh, possibly uh, on your character sheet it says uh, D eight. Oh, okay. Whew. Okay, I got a total of twenty three, and my lowest was a two. Twenty three. So yeah, I think what happens here is you manage to clear the gap, nearly running into the woman uh just here as she was just like recollecting herself just enough to help her friend here i think the two of you uh pull him up and onto the floor you hear the loud crashing outside 
as the building that you were just on begins to uh, crumble down. The man is brought to his feet uh, and Jess is yelling at him the entire time. And it's like, Rio, you damn idiot. Why did you hesitate? You're always telling me never to hesitate and you hesitated. And Rio is like, oh, can we talk about this later? Oh, God, I think I pulled a muscle. Mm. Jesus Christ, let's go. <laughs> you're taking stock of where you're at. Uh, you're, you're in some sort of like long hallway and just a single glance to a nearby room tells you that it seems to be like a small schoolhouse. Where do you go from here? First of all, we want to put some distance between us and the creature because th- we don't know if, um, or I don't know, if it saw us sort of make our way this direction. So my my goal is to still try to reunite with Carl and get back to the woods um, because I assume they can't charge as well in the woods. But the first thing is to get out of this building to relative safety where the creatures don't see us. You make it through the building. Uh, much of it is actually still in better condition than what you saw at the community center. When you head down to uh, the base level to take stock of what's happening across the street, you, you now find yourself directly across the street from where you saw Carl, and you see that the uh, rhino had smashed in through this small office building. And you can see a silhouette on the second floor there, as uh, Carl seems to just be doing the same thing as uh, what you were doing. Uh, although you're still not sure whether Carl is aware of your presence, and which, essentially circling back to the main street here, balling themselves up as they leap through a window uh, that had already been opened. So no no crashing window here to alert them. And Carl smoothly does a superhero landing uh, on the sidewalk below. Um, and Carl is now doing the thing where his eyes are flickering yellow as he as tries to assess the uh, situation and try to figure out where the two kids that he just saved were. And if you want, you can certainly make your presence known at this point. I definitely want to do it, I hope, just to him, but I guess I have to chance alerting the creatures, too. I think I would just say... Carl, get to the woods. I got him. Carl nods. Uh, taking a look up the woods, Carl uh, shouts back, Very well, Corbin Jones. I will make sure that you have a open window to proceed through the woods. And with that said, he strides over to a nearby uh, vehicle and smashes in the window, basically drawing the attention of the lone rhino beetle that's still on this main street in not presently rummaging around through a collapsed building and begins sprinting the other way, buying you and these two kids an open window. The three of you uh, retreat into the uh, woodlands here. I think there are several minutes where there, there's like is trembling from uh, these rhino beetles, but eventually it dies down. You didn't quite establish a meeting spot for Carl here, but I don't know. Do you want to just make your way back to camp? I think that would be the best thing. We would go back to the camp and wait, because obviously Carl would know where that is. That's where we started from. Carl's a smart guy. He'll he'll know that's where I'll go, and we'll wait. I think Rio's still complaining about a couple of bumps and bruises. I think this is when you realize that like Jess here has been like just bleeding from the uh, temple here. Uh, she mentions feeling pretty 
dizzy and asking if you can slow down a bit as you make your way through the woods here. And eventually she she can't seem to uh, keep going any further. Rio is going to basically take her into his arms despite all his belly aching. And the three of you make it back. The first thing I do before any questions is try to treat her wounds. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and roll for it. Uh, stakes have been set to 12. I am going to add my Fringe World Survivalist D8 plus my D6 for treat. So that's a 7, a 4, and a 6. So that's 13 for the two highs. Yeah, uh, cutting it close. So. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the woods. Uh, you begin uh, treating her. It, it seems like she took some sort of blunt object across the uh, temple there. She took a huge uh, gash, gash, but as far as you can tell, it doesn't seem like she is straight up suffering from a concussion, but nevertheless, um, you tried to uh, mend the gash uh, as best as you can, clean the wound, and just giving her some water, uh, what food you can at the moment. Rio is holding her hand uh you don't you don't quite get the impression that they're necessarily dating uh, but they clearly care for one, one another and while she's on the men i think you and rio are off to the side i, th- I think perhaps you're like uh washing your hands in some like clean water uh several pieces away and rio um heads over and says thanks i i don't know what i would be doing right now if it wasn't for you and your biroid Oh, he's not my borrowed. That's Carl. He's my friend. Uh, sure. Whatever, dude. Um, anyways, uh, we're, we're lucky that you, you were in the area. And I, uh, I hope you don't mind, but we, we really don't have much to uh, trade. We, we ended up having to leave our supplies back in, back in that, uh, Chehova town. And I don't normally make a habit of, uh, prying into other people's business but what are you kids doing out here well i don't know if you heard but uh what sands is in flames right now all music and art provided for the show was done by solid aka james who can be found in the show notes if you would like to keep up with the latest starshot news follow us on twitter at starshot pod we hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you among the stars